you on Curiosity Stream. We've walked with dinosaurs. We've explored our prehistoric planet, and we were always told the same story. Extinction came from the sky. But what if dinosaurs survived? Amazing Dino World 2. Watch it now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundle plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Well, friends, uh, here we are again. Uh, last time we talked about uh, Rosh Hashanah and uh, wanting to know more about it. And uh, got a quite a lengthy Facebook post uh, regarding that as well. You can go to our Facebook page uh, to read through that and, and comment on it if you, if you like. As we move on... Uh, uh, son of a gun, right here, you know, like two weeks later, here we are at Yom Kippur. And, uh, Neil, these, uh, these, these ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are called the ten days of awe. Right, that's correct. What's, what's up with that? Yeah, what is up with that and why ten days? So <clears throat> the short answer is everything in Scripture, everything in the Bible, means something. Mm-hmm. Of course, as we've said many times, and we'll say many times, I'm sure, yet to come, the trick is, but what does it mean? Mm. So these days of awe basically are called Yomim Noreim. They are days when judgment is set by God. It, it, uh, Rosh Hashanah is a judgment uh, uh, festival as well. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's celebration, but judgment. They have many different themes. Mm-hmm. And... There's judgment, but the ten days are like days of awe, and they are a time of introspection to have your name ultimately on Yom Kippur written in the Book of Life. Wow. Yeah. So those are the days of awe leading up to Yom Kippur. Wow. So we talk about the the Book of Life in Revelation, right? That's correct. That's interesting. Right. That that uh, and and I don't think anybody has just made that connection, maybe for the first time. That the Book of Life is is part of what Yom Kippur is about. That's exactly correct. It is absolutely about the Book of Life, as is written in Daniel when Daniel talks about the court sat and how mm-hmm. we looked and the awesomeness of the uh, solemnity of the mm-hmm. occasion, mm-hmm. and the books were opened. So the idea of books and being mm-hmm. inscribed mm-hmm. Uh, and of being written and being found mm-hmm. in the Book of Life mm-hmm. is a very common tenet throughout Scripture. Wow. Again, given to the Jews for the nations. It, it, it so it, yeah, it's a Jewish Jewish thing. Well, the whole Bible is a Jewish document. Yeah, every yeah. single thing. It's the history of the Jews as God revealed Himself for the benefit of all the world to come into yeah. ultimately, as you just said, His Book of Life. His Book of Life. Yeah, I also heard that Yom Kippur is the holiest 
holiest of the of the feasts. Uh, and you said something last time that I want to repeat, because you said these are not man days, these are not man feasts. These are things God told them to do. He instructed them to do it. These are God's feasts, God's days. That's right. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is God's day. Right. And I, I heard the other day, and I want to hear your take on it, that uh, Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, God sits in judgment of the entire world. That's right. That's what's going on. That's right. That's and, exactly and, right. And he demands, he demands atonement. Right. It needs atonement for some inexplicable reason. Yeah. Because sin is unacceptable. Uh, there, there's reasons that are beyond our comprehension. We're just told they are. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm. And we are compelled to get in line with what God says. This is important. Mm. But we don't know the totality of it. Mm. Right, right. But we, but we do know, we do know that Jesus is tied to the Day of Atonement. Well, we know that Jesus is tied to all of those seven festivals mm-hmm. that you just alluded to, mm-hmm. of which there are other festivals mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, there are. But those seven were specifically delineated mm-hmm. in a couple of various places in the Torah to be observed forever. Mm-hmm. So that raises a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament, it's very easy to read right on past what is the illusion, what is the connection, what is the inference that was readily understandable by its audience that today in translation and out of the the milieu of that uh, time and space oftentimes Jesus did or said something that completely we missed the connection to whether it's a day of atonement or Passover or or uh, Shavuot or, yeah. or uh, uh, tabernacles Sukkot any of the of the festivals and, and that becomes the trick is wait I'm interested how do I Regather, relearn, or learn for the first time the connection here. Yeah. So my my take on it, is, you know, when I heard that he's judging the entire world on Yom Kippur, and he demands uh, the sin, he's telling us sin is not acceptable, and that this is this goes back to Adam and Eve, right? Goes that, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Well, as we said many times, the whole book is is all about how do I redeem, redeem. humankind yeah, from redemption. the fall, right? And so this atonement is a big part of that redemption, Correct. right? It's a big part of that making us. Also, it's part of reconciliation. It's also part of uh, uh, making things right, justice, uh, because uh, God is. Uh, so it's it says. Uh, uh, in First John, that God, uh, when we confess our sins, right. God is faithful and just to forgive us. Sure. So justice is is involved in, on Yom Kippur, right. and uh, so there's so much there. Uh, but the thing that uh, impresses me is that the Christian world blows right by it. Well, uh, I mean, it's not even on the radar. Yes. Yes. And it's so tied to Jesus, right? Right, and right. His sacrifice on the cross. Which was, which, which was a, a an ultimate atonement, right. right? That's correct. The covering. I mean, it's once and for all. Right. Con, you know, uh, uh, covering. That's or, correct. It's, it's actually way more than covering. It's removing. That's right. The sin. Right, and it's a one-time event uh, by the vicarious sacrifice. Although we can see that in the uh, Levitical. Uh, 
portion of Yom Kippur, while they had to do it many times, mm. it did the same event. Mm. It yeah. removed because in yeah. Leviticus 16, yeah. which is read on Yom Kippur, it yeah. says specifically, on this day he will purify you and cleanse you from all your sins before God. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest forever. Uh, so it, uh, Christians sometimes uh, assume that they were not forgiven by those uh, sacrifices. They were, mm. but it wasn't quite the same as a one-time, all-sufficient, all-encompassing, whether it was any number of sacrifices that you could offer at yeah. the temple yeah. for sin. Yeah. It was one-time covering all of them. Yeah. So it is yeah. a better covenant as yeah. far as that goes, yeah. but Christians sometimes lose the fact that Israel was completely forgiven by offering a heartfelt, repentant offering. Yes. So read that Leviticus scripture again. Well, this is one of the yeah. many scriptures read yeah. on Yom Kippur. And at yeah. Leviticus 16, which is read in, I think, the afternoon service, they mm. say, uh, it, it says in Leviticus 16, For on this day he, that is God, will forgive you to purify you, that you be cleansed from all your sins before God. So that's uh, that's a pretty close correlation to First John. It <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think that's an accident. As, as you say to me all the time, "Bada bing." Yeah, right? I mean, he's he's faithful and just to forgive us, right? Right, and and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says in John, right, in First John. So and cleanse us from all sin, same thing. Well, this was; these are Jewish documents. Yeah. This Bible is yeah. a Jewish document. Yeah. It did not and never does become a Gentile written document. Mm-hmm. It is revealed by God through mm-hmm. the Jewish people mm-hmm. for the salvation mm-hmm. of the whole humankind. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Jews, uh, explained to a very literate audience who could see these connections, these nuances, these these innuendos, and immediately make these various connections. Wow! Which, unlike the church, we read it and make no connection. And, and it's here's something that I'm going to draw a distinction between uh, the animal sacrifices. Yes. That were done on Yom Kippur, pain was taken. Yes. Deliberation was taken. To limit the suffering oh, yes. of the animals. Very much so. Right? Very much to so. To limit right. the suffering of the animals. But Christ, Christ mm-hmm. on the cross, right. opposite, right. inflicting right. great pain, yeah. great suffering. That's correct. What a contrast. What a contrast, yeah. And he's contrasted throughout uh, Scripture. Uh, but that is a, a good point to make. And uh, like we said, everything means something. Mm-hmm. It's just accurately making the dots to say, and what does it mean? Christ became our sin. He became our fault. He became our penalty. He became those animals. Those animals were symbolic of us. Surely. Right? They're symbolic of us. They did nothing wrong. Right. Right. So great care was taken to make sure that the animals did not suffer, that their death was quick and, and clean and easy for them. Right. But but not not so with Christ no. because he became our fault. He became our sin. He became uh, who we and it, it couldn't New on Curiosity Stream. We've walked with dinosaurs. We've explored our prehistoric planet. And we were always told the same story. 
extinction came from the sky. But what if dinosaurs survived? Amazing Dino World 2. Watch it now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundle plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Be a final atonement without that happening. Right, exactly right. And that's what he did. And we see throughout uh, Scripture the various references to this day of atonement. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus, without the shedding of, uh, 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 of blood, there is no remission of sin. And right. so, of course, uh, the animals right. shed blood. Jesus yep. shed blood. The yep. high priest on Yom yep. Kippur would sprinkle blood on yep. the... Uh, on the Ark of the Covenant, the covering. Yep. Uh, I, I, Isaiah talks about uh, uh, a, a strange figure in the future. Of course, we recognize that as Messiah Jesus, mm-hmm. that uh, he will sprinkle the nations, right? Well, mm-hmm. that sprinkling, again, is very... Uh, it, it's a, the, the innuendo, the connection is so obvious. The sprinkling, uh, as the high priest did, mm-hmm. uh, is also for all the nations, and it will be a one-time sacrifice. But mm-hmm. is it still important then to follow or to observe or at least to be aware of yeah. God's given yeah. day of Yom Kippur? I, I, I think yes, yes and amen. It's incredibly important for us, especially to link it to the, to the, the, the Easter it was a silly name, but anyway, uh, you know, especially to link it to the to the suffering death of Christ. Yeah. So, as you said before we started, you are fully aware that there are seven specifically given mm-hmm. uh, festivals that mm-hmm. God said these are my festivals, mm-hmm. and as you they're His festivals, they're His festivals yes. given to the Jews to display yes. for our learning and edification. Yes. yes. And uh, the Passover, the first day, was was one of those uh, seven. Yep. And uh, most Christians, as we discussed earlier, can readily look back and say, "I can see Yeshua Jesus in all of these four uh Festivals, but as we also discussed, heartbreaking. No idea, and none of us have a complete revelation mm-hmm. of this. But no idea that even the three remaining, of which we're in the second of the yeah. three fall festivals, yeah. is important also yeah. and full of meaning yeah. and type. So I want to I, I, I want to move on from sure. this in a second, but I I want to uh, the when they sprinkle the blood yes on the on the ark. Sure. That becomes the mercy seat. Yeah. What is what does that mean? The shedding of blood, you are covered. Remember, we're saying that the, by these acts, the nation of Israel was saved, was right, was yes. forgiven. Yes. Just as if people today, yes. with, with true heart yes. intentions, are yes. forgiven when they accept yes. Jesus' vicarious yes. atonement for sin. So it, mm-hmm. it was the same, and it's full of what we said, the symbolism. I think what's really important here at this point, I, I think, too, is we read this Leviticus 16. Mm. That's pretty straightforward and pretty mm-hmm. easy. It's one of the readings. But do you know one of the other main readings mm. on Yom Kippur mm. is what's called a Haftarah reading? Mm. Haftarah does not mean half Torah, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> but it is from the prophets uh, on different holidays. Mm. One of the main readings is from the book of Jonah. Mm. So why would that be? Why would that be? The story of Jonah is fascinating because most people would say, oh, it's about a big fish Mm -hmm. and about a city called Nineveh. Yeah. It's not about that at all. Not at all. That story has nothing to do with that. The story is actually about a man named Jonah, a prophet. Yom Kippur, which is for our 
audience, for Christians, for Jews, to understand, well, what is the connection? Why did God give the story of Jonah? And it doesn't say anything. All we know is Jonah is mad. The Bible in the book of Jonah is very terse. It starts out, God says, go and preach against Nineveh. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. So, say what? Do what? <laughs> yeah. What's the message? How do they know? They're Gentiles. Yeah. What am I supposed to tell yeah. them? How do I get them up to speed? Yeah. It doesn't say anything of that. Yeah. Now, all we know is right after that, what does God say? Go east. And Jonah does what? He, he goes, goes west. west. As yeah. fast as he can. Yeah. Now, if you read that story in this context, it starts saying, well, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. And, and many commentators have said, well, was, is he worried about being a false prophet? Was he, was he worried about the nation of uh, Nineveh, the Assyrians, coming and wiping out in the future? Because he was a prophet. Why did he do these things? And at the end of the story of all the things that happened, yes, Nineveh does repent at the end. Jonah says five words to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Five words. Mm. And they repent. Well, it doesn't tell us anything. What did he say? But from the king on down, the nation repents. Mm-hmm. And Jonah says, Yay, thank God Almighty, the mighty El Elyon saved these Gentiles. Yay. No. No. Didn't at all. He no. said, I am mad. Mm. I am mad. Mm. And he says, I want to die. Mm. And God says, well, do you have any right? Look what I've done. You, and, and it's left at that. No no place in the story of Jonah does Jonah repent. Even in the whale, all he does is recognize the power of God. He doesn't say, I'm sorry. He says, okay, I'll go. Now that you've had the fish vomit me up on the land, I'll, <laughs> I'll go in this great city. And he says five words. And then when they repent, he says, I knew you would do this, God. How dare you? Mm. He's mad at God because... Mm this evil empire Mm. and it was barbaric Mm. what they did to their enemies Mm. and ultimately would do to the nation of Israel Mm. they were barbaric Mm. but Jonah went to them and then got mad at God and the story seemingly ends after something about a plant who gives him shade over Mm. his sukkah that Mm. he already had shade and Mm. a worm eats it Mm. it, a lot of stuff is missed in the Hebrew Mm. when you read the English it's it's a disconnect almost Mm. But our takeaway is he was mad. So what are we supposed to do on Yom Kippur? Yeah. It's a it's a thing of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Atonement. At one minute, many yeah. people have pointed out. At one minute, yes. At one minute with God, atonement. Yep. Vicarious, the nation mm-hmm. of Nineveh. Mm-hmm. These evil people, mm-hmm. barbarous, mm-hmm. repent. The prophet, he knows God. He's a prophet. He knew he couldn't run from God. Mm-hmm. What does that tell us? Well, the book of Jonah is for us. It's a mirror for us to look at ourselves. Mm. It's a mirror for us to say, you're mad at God. Why? Because he saved those who are not worthy. Let's face it. If anybody's honest, very few of us want to go to them. You know them. Those who don't deserve it. Those who are cruel. Those who will never listen. Those who make fun of me. I don't want them. I knew God would do something for them. What about me? What about me? And that is the story of Jonah read on Yom Kippur is it's a story of salvation through a very real man, although a prophet, who was not happy. And it's a mirror and a reflection to say, how about us? What do you do? Hmm. Do you run from God? Are you willing? And the answer, quite frankly, Jeff, is no, I'm not going to go to certain people. But here's the catch-all for for my point of why Jonah is important. And it's a deep study. There's many different aspects of it. But the point is, the Jews 
went to non-Jews, those followers of Jesus, yeah. went to them, yes. those disgusting, yes. those barbarian, yes. those killers who yes. would kill. And we have. The yes. church and non-church has killed Israel mm. and Jews ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Attack, slaughter, doing vile deeds, and brought them the good news. Mm-hmm. Brought them revelation mm-hmm. of God and his ways mm-hmm. and his ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, I would just submit this for you. Well, mm. here we are in this day. Who of us goes back to the Jews with what little bit we know, which is enormous. We know Messiah. We don't know all the detail. No, no, the Jews have theirs. Mm. That's good enough. Mm -hmm. Or they're lost or God's done with them or any number of variations. The church is now Israel. Uh, But they did it. They went to all these places like Jonah. And it wasn't always easy because we can read about it in the New Testament. They were human beings even with special callings. Just like Jonah, they were mad, or Jonah was mad. Sometimes we get mad when he says, wait, listen, the Jews are important. They will be among, they will be the leaders of the nation. You will go to Jerusalem three times, the three migratory festivals, mm-hmm. uh, 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 in, 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 when the Lord rules from there. All these things. Do we not maybe have a duty, debt, and obligation? Romans, Paul says we do back to the Jews to at least bring to them as much as we know about the Messiah that all these festivals especially Yom Kippur point to without getting mad like Jonah who said I knew you'd do this God I knew you would do this one of your attributes and I'm mad I'd rather die the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's quite an interesting book it is. but read on Yom Kippur very interesting yeah so Neil let's uh, let's turn our attention now to the the Middle East sure Itself, the well. Middle East itself. So, uh, Afghanistan okay. is in the news, and Afghanistan is wow. part of the Middle East. Yes, it is. And why do we? Why is it such a big deal? Right? There, there. You know, we've had this war there. It had to do with terrorism, and terrorism with a certain, I mean, certain bend to it. It wasn't just terrorism. It was, it was a religious terror. Right. right. It was. It, it had religious overtones, and uh, you know certain sects and so forth. Sects meaning s e c t s sects. So my my question is, uh, you know, here there's a big deal, big hullabaloo about the Middle East again. Here we are, right smack in the middle. I mean, it's in the headlines. It's on the on the news, it's on the newspapers, it's on the internet, Middle East, Middle East. We can't seem to get away from it. Right, right. Um, you know, Jeff, uh, the prophets told us that if you don't understand Israel, it's mm. the big, shining, blinking mm. billboard standard, mm. that yeah. if you don't understand it, you will just be... Uh, uh, You'll be uh, in the batter's box, to use an analogy, swinging at curveballs and missing by a mile. If we don't understand Israel. If you don't understand Israel. And part of that understanding of Israel just so happens. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. 
That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. To be what you explained, the surrounding nations, mm-hmm. ancient enemies, yeah. ancient people yeah. types, groups that the Bible calls out very specifically in numerous places that would be uh, uh, playing a major part in the end of days Mm -hmm. events again. And it said, focus, Mm -hmm. look at, Mm -hmm. understand my people, Israel, the land and the people, or else you will never get to the root of what's happening. If we don't focus on that, if if we don't focus on his people, we will not get to the root of what's really going on. That's correct. And so this uh, recent event, most recent event, this shuffling of the cards, as you were, in, mm. in, of, of earthly events yeah. of Afghanistan, yeah. uh, is it important? Uh, the answer is, uh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, is Afghanistan specifically, specifically named, like some of the other uh, uh, locales and people groups and countries around about Israel that will come against Israel in the yeah. latter days? Yeah. The answer is no. Except as it was uh, in ancient uh, times, it was part of a greater empire called the Medo-Persian Empire, Mm. uh, 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 present-day Iran. Mm -hmm. Afghanistan is a fairly, very recent empire. Geographical Creation. construct, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the people, the yeah. the uh, the, yeah. the the influence yeah. of that region yeah. certainly fell under at different times a number of uh, of conquerors and empires, including uh, Alexander the Great mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Seleucid Empire after Alexander and the Medo Persian Empire. So those people in that empire, uh, uh, in that area, would have been parts of an empire called Persia, which prom figures prominently in a number of soon-to-come attacks and battles and warfares really? on Israel. Really? And we're talking about present-day Iran when we say Persia, right? Uh, Iran is Persia. Is Persia. And okay. uh, uh, portions of Iran are specifically called out in various parts by the prophets, Elam, for instance, mm. and different. And, and we won't go into the detail, but suffice it to say that when God talks about the end-of-days prophecies and the horrific battles and warfares... Mm-hmm that are coming against Israel that finally culminate in Jesus stepping foot on the Mount of Olives and and, and it's over, uh, a, a Yom Kippur event, if, if you will. It's over, right? Uh, uh, Iran slash Persia figures prominently, prominently throughout the prophets as being one of these end-time confederations, mm-hmm. which would have included at different various times in history, the uh, Parthian, the Medo-Persian, the Alexandrian, the Seleucid Empire encompassing Afghanistan today. Huh. Okay. So, uh, what, uh, so just let me summarize that. So what Afghanistan was, long, long time ago, it uh, at some point in the future will be again as part of this Persian effort to uh, in in the wars that will come 
Well, and that becomes the difficulty with saying uh, when God refers to uh, present uh, day events, mm-hmm. end of day events, he uses ancient terms that were familiar yeah. when he said it. Yeah, he does. And yeah. like we said, Jeff, you know, yeah. just like the land of Israel, God doesn't give like our streets on this side of first mm-hmm. street mm-hmm. is yours and, mm-hmm. and then second street is mine. Mm-hmm. So the influence and the peoples and uh, the the exact uh, dimensions of influence are hard to define and specifically even where certain places are. But Having said that, there are certain people, groups, countries, kingdoms that are very easily identifiable, one of which is Iran slash Persia, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with all of the upheaval in Afghanistan today, there's going to be a lot more upheaval. Lot more, lot uh, more. They were at various times associated with Iran, so you can at mm-hmm. least say to yourself, wow, whether it's specifically Afghanistan or not under the new regime that uh, uh, has taken over the Taliban, who knows? But that region was a part of what God called out at one time as Iran slash Persia. Mm-hmm. Neil, it's, it's, uh, it's not avoidable, is it? It doesn't seem to be avoidable it's not at av- all. It's not avoidable because it's written It's written that it will happen, yes, right? right? And give us a couple of examples where it's written that, that these wars, especially with Persia, I mean, it's... It's not a, everybody knows, I think everybody knows, maybe not, that Iran hates Israel. I think that's pretty well known, although maybe not. Yeah. But Iran hates Israel. They, they are, they want to kill it. They want to, they want to death to Israel, right? Death to America, right? And the reason it's death to America is because America supports Israel. Yes, of course. Right. That's why it's death to America. If we left Israel alone... They'd be go, yay! You know? Right. Because right. then they could just go in and take it. Which right? pretty much seems like where we're headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibility, right? Could be. Uh, so uh, it's uh, so so the the idea that it's going to happen uh, is Iran hates Israel. They want to destroy it. They're trying to get nuclear weapons to do that, right? And we kind of blow it off, Neil. My point is. We kind of blow it off as, well, those Iranians want to do bad things. Right. But it's not about that. It's about way deeper right. things, right? Right. right. Talk, talk about that. It's way, how about how it's way deeper. Yeah, so, um, and you're exactly right. Uh, first of all, it's the leadership, those in control of Iran. Yeah. And they have an agenda, and they do hate Israel. They do hate the Jews. They do hate America by virtue of the fact that historically, up until now at least, and who knows what the future will bring, we have aligned with Israel and helped Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in uh, a number of places, but specifically in uh, the Psalm 83 war and in Ezekiel war, there's a confederation wherein what you asked, uh, Persia, Iran, is specifically identified and named. Now, the exact area of influence, boundaries, whatever. Remember, these countries today as carved up and given boundaries are, are, are pretty new events around the world. Most countries are pretty new events. So having said that, Persia is specifically named as one of the confederations who in the Psalm 83 war, Psalm 83 starts out like, the nations rage against me. And it says, they hate you, O God. 
So from a Jewish perspective or from a biblical perspective, what you're saying is while they hate Israel, the psalmist who wrote that actually was Asaph, a prophet. He was called the prophet Asaph. He was prophesying. He said, they don't hate Israel. They don't hate America. They hate God. Now, in that sense, Islam, under the Shia, the Shia Islam in, in Iran, uh, they would say, we love God, we love Allah. So, therefore, becomes this conflict of competing gods that will encircle the, encompass the world, whether one says, you know what, I want to get off the merry ground. I don't believe in any god. Sorry, you're still going to be caught up in this, this event. And it is between these opposing religious viewpoints from the biblical Judeo-Christian viewpoint, Psalm 83, which names the Confederation mm-hmm. in Iran specifically, mm-hmm. encompassing potentially mm-hmm. Afghanistani mm-hmm. people today, that area. Mm-hmm. It says, they hate you, O God, and they rage, and they form a confederacy against you. And that will be seemingly our next major event coming against How Israel. How do you know that? How do you know that's the next one? Well, we don't know anything. Well, how do you believe that? How do you come to believe that? Yeah, right, exactly. And so I wish I could say because I'm so brilliant, but I can't. (laughs) Uh, I I read uh, brilliant people's commentaries, and these commentaries, uh, this is not a new discussion, Mm -hmm. but many people have elaborated further with world events. Mm -hmm. Remember, when prophecy happens, Mm -hmm. it becomes history, Mm -hmm. and it's easy to see it. As we always joke, Mm -hmm. I have the gift of 2020 hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However... Many people point out that this confederation that's named specifically that comes against Israel in mm-hmm. this cataclysmic war that Israel mm-hmm. wins mm-hmm. through uh, their uh, war, their own warfare, mm-hmm. their own army, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they get more territory. There's mm-hmm. another principle. Come mm-hmm. against Israel, you yep. lose. Yep. Israel gets more territory. Yep. Uh, the people named are what I call uh, the first circle, the first tier, the, the, the people right immediately around and encircling Israel. Well, the fact is, Jeff, as we've been talking about uh, Afghanistan and part of Persia, these are all Iranian, Persian, what are called proxies today. Yep. Now, many of our listeners and other proxy, parts... Proxy uh, means that they do what they're told. They do what they're told. They're a proxy. They're, yeah. they're, a, they're an agent. Of, yeah, they right. get money from... Right. They get uh, uh, marching orders from. Yep. They're all, all of them, are proxies. The surrounding Psalm eighty-three first-tier Confederate alliances of Iran and Iran, Persia is specifically, specifically called out, not in ancient terms, but in a term we can very readily identify. They were right in this area, and it is Iran today. It is Iran today, but how? So. Okay, so you're talking about let's let's be frank here. Yeah. Hezbollah, right, right, mm-hmm. and the Palestinian Authority are armed, right, by Iran. Right. There's a right. number of them. Uh, right. the, the ISIS group is is associating, even though they're yep. strange bedfellows. Yep. One thing they can agree on: yep. we we hate the God of the Jewish Christian Bible. Yeah. So you're in the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So today yep. they hate each other, and they'll go back to bloodshed soon enough uh, against each other. Yeah. And and we can read some of that's exactly what happened in these, these revelations of Psalm 83 and Ezekiel, Gog, Magog, War, and so on. So let me interrupt. So sure. so it sounds to me like what you're saying is the way the war occurs yes. is Israel gets provoked to a place where it can't not retaliate. Is that what, is, would you say that? Because they're, they're doing things to them all the time. They're thousands of rockets. Right. 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 And, and, they're, and so 
you get to a I mean, there was a time not too many weeks ago or months ago where they thought that war was imminent. Right. Because Israel was getting blasted with thousands of, of rockets just being lobbed without any direction at all into into civilian neighborhoods. Just as right. long as it kills a yeah, Jew. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? And, right. And so Israel's like, stop this or we will. Right. And and it, it's like, it seems to me, and I'm, I'm looking for your take on this, that Israel gets to a certain point where they've had enough. Well, that... And then they retaliate. Yes, and if you try to put all of these various prophecies that speak of these various entities and try to make some timeline, the, yeah. the most sensical that I've, that I've at least read so far, yeah. and, and many people are yeah. saying this, so it's not... You know, yeah. again, I just try to read what the smart people yeah. say that yeah. spend hours and endless yeah. times yeah. doing research. Have said that the next major conflagration. Now you have to remember, Israel has been in a constant state of war yeah. since yeah. its inception. Yeah, it's just different upheavals. Yeah, the next major upheaval we can look for is is this Psalm eighty three confederation. Okay. Because when we see it more definitively called out by Ezekiel in thirty eight and Ezekiel thirty nine, okay. the, the famous Gog and Magog war. So these, so hang on. Yeah. Ezekiel thirty eight and Ezekiel thirty nine are referring to the Psalm eighty three? Uh well let let me be clear. So okay. what happens is we have a very clear confederation in Psalm eighty three who come against Israel. Mm-hmm. And Iran features prominently. Yeah. By the time we get to the next major upheaval or conflagration, it's saying a whole bunch of different things have changed in Israel, Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of things, and the participants are no longer what I called originally the first circle or first tier or neighboring states. They're gone. Okay. They're not there. All right. It's people from farther out and farther away. Now, here's what you have to ask yourself. If, in fact, these neighbors these fifth columns even within Israel and surrounding Israel today were available for Iran to call on, would they not be happy to call on them? And instead of having a, say, nine or ten or however many you count member confederation in Ezekiel 38, when that blows up, the Gog and Magog War, Mm. wouldn't these people that are not mentioned at all in the Psalm 83 War Mm -hmm. also have come along? Mm. They're not there. Mm. So it, it has to tell you that God answered that prayer through the prophet Asaph to defend your name. They hate you. Defend Israel for mm. the latter days. Mm. That's how people get to saying, wait, this makes no sense. All of a sudden now we have a second tier, a further away a consortium of strange bedfellows who come against Israel for warfare, for an upheaval of warfare mm-hmm. in the Gog-Magog war. Now, one thing I think we touched on this uh, maybe last time or, or so is what we don't want to say is that this is the war that's known as Armageddon. Armageddon this is right. not that not, that, not that that thing called not Armageddon, that. which not is that. a whole separate no. c- complex issue yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. But these are specific wars, though, and why they're important, Jeff, is because other prophets point out these uh, warfares and these ancient peoples. But only in Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38 and 39 is it very super specific who they are and where they come from and what is the goal of these people. What is the goal and then how are they defeated? So if we look at that timeline, it just seems to make total sense, just as a reading of the scripture, that these this consortium, this confederation in 83 comes 
they are defeated, Israel gains more territory, and then comes this this really horrible second event where God intervenes again in the Ezekiel Gog Magog war. So that's just to help some of our people. Even Jeff, you know, I want to say so much of what we talk about is from our viewpoint here in the West, but we get a lot of uh, uh, statistics that tell us people are listening to us all around the world, including the Middle East, and they would say something like, uh, duh, right? <laughs> but for the Western people who might be hearing it, uh, some of this needs further elaboration, like we've just done. So very, very interesting, Neil, and I think uh, we need to pr- bring it to a close on sure. this particular point, but just to summarize, uh, folks, Psalm 83, read Psalm 83, and Ezekiel what? Well, the the next one, uh, in order as we said, seemingly would be, would be this uh, uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 conflagration, but other chapters lead up to it okay. and talk about it, but, but right there in those two very short chapters, it very much elaborates yeah. who these people are, and at that point how... God himself intervenes. It's no longer the Mm. Israeli army who seemingly does this. They're Mm. in a desperate state. Mm. They're in a horrible state. But again, that prophecy is not ready on the ground to be fulfilled yet if you Mm. just look at what's before it. But Psalm 83... Mm. This Ready is there's there's nothing that seemingly nothing that. There, there's nothing that's said in Psalm 83 that would mm. say oh but that's not there yet mm-hmm. so therefore that can, this it, is like on the horizon it's, it's in fact ready to go and this okay. Psalm 83 is horrible so okay so folks Psalm 83 Psalm 83 how many times do I need to say mm-hmm. Psalm 83 uh, please read it it's not a Psalm of David. It's a psalm of one of David's uh, uh, prophet prophets named I- named Asaph, Asaph. who who wrote okay. uh, uh, some uh, very good. I, I forget how many of the psalms. So it's written by a prophet, which tells you it is prophecy, which tells you it is yet to be, which because it didn't nothing in history says that it happened. That's correct. Jeff. So you have so to that's remember Im- that's important. That, to, so so yeah. that's 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 really important for you guys to right. to read to read that because it's a will soon to be going to happen event uh, and the Middle East is 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 where that's going to happen. The other thing I want to bring up and I think as we close just something for for you all to think about as a Christian. If you've been taught that is that you're the is that you're Israel and everything is you know new under the sun, and that's that there's no more you know it, it's there's no more uh, Jews there's no more Israel it's all over if you if you if you think that nothing we're saying makes any sense to you. In order for you to in order for you to for this to make sense to you 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 have to go back and read Psalm 83 with a new mind. You have to look at Psalm 83 and knowing what Neil has just said to you, that it hasn't happened yet. So if it hasn't happened yet, that means Israel is still in play. That means the Jews are still in play. And you might want to think about how you think about it. Very important, folks. So think about that. Okay, think about that and go to Facebook. uh, Israel, why is the Middle East important? Post there. Talk to us about what you think about this. Very interesting discussion. Uh, Israel, why is the Middle East important? On Facebook, go there and talk to us. You can email us also in the in in the closing here. I'll tell you about email address that you can uh, reach us at. 
But uh, this is a discussion that you need to have. You need to have it in your churches. You need to have it in your small groups. You need to have it with your pastor. Because when this happens, you're going to go, oh my. You're going to perhaps say, oh my God. And it is going to happen. So we need to be aware and we need to be up understanding. And uh, we're here to help everybody understand this and, and get get through this. So thanks for listening, folks. And uh, we look forward to next time. Uh, we have uh, the Feast of Tabernacles coming up. We'll probably be talking about that very important feast. Uh, and then we'll, of course, bring other things uh, in the news to light here on Israel. Why is the Middle East important? Shalom. We'll see you next time. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom, and see you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.